0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Soft Thoughts podcast with me, Ruby Smith. And me, Jean Oberlander. Today's episode is a review and a discussion on Collect 2019, which is organised by the Craft Council and it takes place at the Saatchi Gallery. Um, I want to say thank you to um, the Craft Council for giving us um,
1: access to see it um, before it was opened which is really nice of them we something we kind of didn't expect to be able to do when we've only done one episode of this <laughs> podcast but um i think we're really appreciative of um getting access like that because it just i don't know it just felt really nice it felt yeah. like we
0: were being seen <laughs> yeah i totally agree and we got to get goodie bags and get really excited about it being our first like proper trip with the podcast.
1: Yeah, like honestly, getting a lanyard <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't make me as happy as I do, but I was really really chuffed with that. Um, <laughs> it's a shame you can't wear the lanyard just walking around pretending that you're the business.
0: Yeah, not like, many more
1: normally, but
0: yeah. Also, I was so excited about the lanyard and then looked around and hardly anyone that was also pressed wore the lanyard, so it wasn't, like, a cool thing to do yeah, on you, the day. you put it on and then
1: looked around in this really swish, like, <laughs> VIP lounge, which, I don't know, I don't know if we really fit it in, but I think because we were both wearing co like, outfits, like, you were all in red and I was all in cream, I think we kind of gave off a vibe that we maybe were, you know young up and coming and had a you know you know a million followers or something on instagram
0: we were worried we looked like vloggers out for the day um yeah <laughs> but i didn't do any like vlogging <laughs> videos on instagram because we i was just that was a, it was a weird setting i, guess. I know we,
1: we talked about how much we wanted to be like as confident as um the white pube in like um in public settings like videoing themselves I honestly wish. I think I just need to do it like once or twice, and then be like, "Okay, I can do it now." Yeah. But like that first step in like raising your phone slightly, <laughs> slightly higher than if you were taking a picture of like a really nice um, pot. But you go you go above that, and you're starting to go up towards the ceiling, and then like you start talking into it. People just suddenly go like, "Oh,
0: yeah." <laughs> I totally agree. i to try and make this work, though. But, like,
1: I almost can't even take photos without be- feeling embarrassed, so I think <laughs> taking videos is going to be a pretty big step, so yeah, that's I think true. maybe something I should maybe not do. <laughs> maybe that's too far out of my comfort zone, so, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should start talking about things that we found really exciting and what we liked about the event, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the
1: thing that struck me was um, how, I think because it's all crafts, it has to be very much kind of has to cross the boundary between a gallery space and a shop front, because it's almost because it's craft, it's almost seen as more accessible to these um, you know, the, the more affluent and the galleries themselves, it all feels more like like this was craft as art, less rather than like stuff you can like rather than craft in like the Tate Modern's um, shop, which is you know obviously priced to be accessible, easy to buy. It's it's made stuff. It's like jewelry that's you know something you can buy as a present. Whereas this is like this is way above that. It's it's stuff that only the super affluent can buy um and it kind of it's almost like a shop for that but then for people that don't buy it it, it's it's viewed as a gallery space um and a lot of the pieces work really well in that respect um I think the first thing to talk about the first thing that we were like instantly like we literally walked in upstairs and it was the first thing we saw and it would worked really well in the space. Just talk about it.
0: You don't <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of what is specifically your... Is that? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, totally agree. I was, like, I totally agree, but, like, um, which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we left... Yeah, so... I just... Carrying on from what you were saying, It it is really interesting that it has to work in both being a-, a gallery and a shop. It's interesting to figure out what one is more important because it is I guess these like high profile galleries are there to sell work, to make money. Uh, a lot of people aren't from aren't from the UK and I find it's like must be so crazy for them because of shipping those massive pieces it must cost so much money I'm sure they like hire their their space at the Saatchi gallery as well so if it wasn't beneficial for them in terms of like monetary then I can't imagine they would want to do it and at the same time they're obviously elevating these artists that um, whose practices align with the craft practice then at the same time I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to pay money to go into a glorified shop, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, which which made it easier for us this time when we got in
0: without paying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I think was really nice about it is that Collect do do this platform where they allow for a gallery space and they have collect art, like selected artists that they um, allow to show work and also sell work. But it feels very much more creatively driven as Jean was saying, like the first thing that we really loved was the work by Jan Bowman. And it really felt like they gave her enough space. It felt like you would walk into any gallery and see the piece on the wall. It felt like it was curated by her Mm. and it felt like it was hung. I, I don't know. I doubt she'd hung it herself, but it just felt like the way it was hung, it had such a understanding of the material And I think that's something that you don't see a lot within textile work. It it was weavings, to specify, that she did. I feel like you don't see that very much with textile's work. It's either, like, hung badly or the concept of the piece and the hanging of the piece are two separate things. Whereas in this scenario, I feel like she envisioned the way it was going to be hung while making the work.
1: Yeah, so there was literally no way out for the, the like hanging people to like to not do it that way because she so clearly had a vision behind it
0: yeah definitely um, to like give some context to the piece it was a monofilament and metal yeah it says here um, yeah stainless steel piece and it was almost it's supposed to represent starling yeah starlings that are like flying and kind of converging and in flight, so the weaving kind of converges and moves around and is suspended by monofilament hanging. So it almost looks like it's suspended in in the air as a piece. Um, and it was three separate weavings. Yeah, that became, and there was this beautiful piece of wood that had the other weaving like in into it as well. Yeah,
1: like entrapped in it, which mm-hmm. she's had hammered in and stuff. I think what was I think we used the space really well. And the way it like twisted, mm. it just kind of it was the most kind of obviously curated um, as an art piece um, object like objects in the whole um, like building. I think it worked. I think because obviously it, I am very attracted to. Um, In gallery spaces, I'm very attracted to things that are more conceptual. I think I get a lot of, like, technical inspiration from commercial things, but I think in something like Collect, when there's so much... um, Like, the textiles are kind of... They're spaced around, and they're very... It's more like weave and tapestry. It's... As soon as they're kind of placed, like, so well, and based around the, the theme and the concept that it's about, it was... I thought it was successful in that way, I think.
0: And it wasn't just on the wall as well. Like, most it things was are just... flying about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There actually wasn't any knitted pieces. Am I yeah. going to be wrong about this? No, I don't think no, there was I anything didn't...
1: knitted. I think there was stuff that we thought, like, we thought was knitted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then on closed inspection, it was like...
0: Oh, wait, no. Susie Friedman's oh. pieces were knitted, remember? Yeah, I think that was actually the only thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the only thing. Um... Another artist that we saw in the like, collect artist piece was, uh, actually it's called collect open, my bad, um, was that little, that smaller room which was dedicated to Martha Riga's work, um, which I think is really interesting to talk about only, well it was, they were beautiful pieces, they were like big ceramic pieces um, made from porcelain which apparently everyone makes things from porcelain nowadays <laughs> as we overheard someone critiquing, um, which was hilarious.
1: Which, yeah, because the stuff we just walked past was, like, stunt, like, it was really beautiful porcelain work, and someone was just like, oh, everyone's doing porcelain these days. <laughs> oh, my gosh, okay. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> like, all right, let, it ha- let a material have its renaissance. Yeah. And, you know...
0: But we like I love this piece these pieces because um sh- the the artist was so she kept trying to get us to touch the pieces and just the, yeah, it we was were, weird. we were
1: so scared. <laughs> so like obviously her agent, like as we walked in was like, oh, you can you can touch the pieces and we're like, oh, that's I know you've just told us, but I almost still don't believe that. And then the artist herself was like, oh no, you can like you can touch these um
0: there was even those white pieces on the wall and i was like i'm sure you can't touch those in my mind and she was like yeah i just have to clean them like in the most casual way possible like you'd get a plate from someone's house <laughs> like oh i just have to clean them
1: like literally just like a like a plate that you'd have just had your toast on like, yeah d- but so blasé she was about it i loved it
0: <laughs> it was great but it was real like a barrier like the politics of touch within a gallery setting. Yeah, so I wonder if she's if she wasn't
1: there, which I don't like. Would she be there the whole time?
0: I mean, she it says on the contact that she's from Israel, so I assume that she's she's flown over for the whole weekend. So she's probably going to be unless there the whole she lives time. here as well.
1: Because yeah, like the none of the um, it doesn't say you can touch them on the no. like on her little um, leaflet or on the like the labels.
0: Remember the lower one? She was like, "Just have a seat on it if you want."
1: And we were both like,
0: <laughs> "What? Sit <laughs> <Zipped? laughs> on on porcelain?"
1: <laughs> she said it was very thick porcelain. So, yeah, but they were. I think as soon, I think there's so much to be said with that. It's like that. Just first of all, was instead of kind of walking around, and obviously the artist, like this was a tiny room. The artist was literally like right there. If like, if she hadn't said that, there would have been no kind of barrier broken, I think, between us and her. And I think that was, it's almost kind of like, as soon as she's done that, she's opened up a communicative, like, tool. And then not only that, but then we can also touch the objects around us, which kind of, I mean, they were so, they you'd think they would have been so smooth, but there was, like, obviously lumps and bumps in them. Um, And you can just feel the weight, even though you're touching it from above, Mm. you can feel that there's so much weight behind those. You just know that you wouldn't even be able to move that Mm -hmm. by yourself. It's so heavy.
0: I wish Um, that we'd have asked her, like, her reasoning behind allowing touch to take place. I would be interested to know why. Or maybe that's just always her, like, idea of it. It was there there maybe to to go into, like, a domestic environment, maybe go into people's homes, so... It kind of breaks down the barrier of like f- snobbiness between, yeah. When it's
1: like something crafted and made, it's like, oh, you can't touch this because it's you know hours have been put mm. into it, and obviously there's so much beautiful stuff at it, but you get the vibe that you just you, you just can't touch it all, and there's a kind of disconnect. Again, I mean, not nothing, nothing's wrong with having a disconnect. I think. It's important, obviously, that the whole point of galleries, that you can't touch things. It's because they're precious. But as soon as you take that away, in a setting which is so close to a gallery setting, Mm -hmm. um, on something that is never normally allowed to be touched, something like porcelain. Um, So I think as soon as she made it that heavy, that heavy, Mm -hmm. and... I mean, you would be, like, most... A lot of people... If, even if she said you can't touch this I think people would still almost want to or try to yeah you, almost by saying you can touch it like you almost are like well I'm not now yeah because she just told me to but isn't even the... though it's the artist herself
0: so then with that statement are you saying like the enjoyment is in
1: going against the going against
0: what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> or is the enjoyment imagining what it feels like and not getting to touch it yeah so
1: almost has she taken away that kind of the thrill of imagination? Or is it still enjoyable that you can still touch it?
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Because also, you're right, like, she probably would have spent, if she was so adamant of them not being touched, she would have probably spent the whole weekend telling people not to touch them.
1: Yeah, and gotten really stressed out. Yeah. um, And sad about it, because, like, people would have still tried to touch them. Yeah, exactly. Because they're very, they're cute, they're, they're like, you know, they're, like, waist-sized blobules mm-hmm. that just are just right there and they're in such a small room you can't, you go you walk into the room and you're almost like you're, you're in them yeah there's almost no way not to touch them yeah exactly so in a way it's like she's clearly thought about that mm. and I think that's I mean it's either something that's always been there in her practice or she's like heavily considered it for that kind of space because it's so small yeah like you're on them as soon as you're there.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But I thought, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Like, especially when nothing else at all in that entire building was allowed to be touched. Really. There
0: was another thing. I remember. Remember when we saw the Petronella Silver bit, and she was like saying to that gentleman, and I overheard mm-hmm. as always. And he, she was like, "You can touch these pieces," and even he was very reluctant to touch them, even after she'd said, "Oh, yeah." Um, but other and then, than that, but then
1: again, that wasn't that wasn't the artist this time, and it's like that was for like a gallery space. Yeah, and like she's clearly only saying that to people that come up to her and ask her about yeah. something. Definitely. So again, that's it's like not common knowledge. That's not common knowledge. It's like you can only touch these if you've given an inkling that you might be buying something.
0: But then, <laughs> hilariously, there was that. Um, let's see if I can find the reference of it. the The gallery that showed the work. Uh, they're called. goldborn um they had a beautiful like fluffy piece yeah and the people that worked for the gallery were allowed to like fluff it up to to get it to like look more beautiful or something and we both like stared longingly into this like it was like bright we're going to include lots of photos with the blog post that goes alongside this um but yeah it was like bright orange with loads of like um really yeah
1: so the strands were probably they were like 15 centimeters they were quite long yeah and it was just it was it was like just over a meter wide um it was just like a gigantic circle and it was like orange and it, it kind of reminded me of the orange carpet wall in the tate modern yeah and i can't actually i forgot what the name was
0: um 50 gold one
1: yeah so the the artist was um
0: was it the same artist
1: yeah yeah so it's belkis balpinar um who had two other weavings as well um that kind of used like negative space um to create like patterning so like a lot of parts of those weaves were not actually nothing was on the i i hate that i get the the warp and the weft wrong in weaving cuz I, I should know which direction is so the way the way that you we weren't seeing so i think it was like the weft mm-hmm. um so like the warp obviously all the warp was there that's how you make a weaving but like some like a lot of the weft was like missed out to create the patterning and that but i think with the um with the circle it was so funny how we weren't... They were literally... We were standing right there as they were, like, fluffing up. And I was like, that would be nice.
0: Yeah, we to were touch. like... I wanted her to tell us what it felt like. I was imagining it feeling, like, really, really soft. But they kind of didn't want to, like, engage in that conversation. Yeah. And I was also really confused because I was like, so what? what allows someone to touch... What gives that person the right? And is it because they, obviously, they obviously are like professionals in touching art? But I, mean, I was like, hmm. we're, also,
1: we're professionals in touching yarn.
0: Yeah, so. exactly.
1: It was a bit. It's not like I was gonna put my hand on it and then just like rip it off the
0: wall. True.
1: <laughs> or like snip some of it with a pair of, <laughs> s- a pair of scissors I had in my bag.
0: To be fair, my hands were very clammy. Like,
1: oh yeah, you totally would have. I totally would made it. You would have made it, it congealed <laughs> with your hands.
0: That was a big fear. There was mm. a lot of handshaking, and I couldn't handle <laughs> that, that. Was
1: actually just like she, yeah. What was it um, about the the porcelain vessels? She was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to wipe the fingerprints off of these white things." And I was like,
0: "What?" Yeah, she just wipes them off. Like it, it just people's like sweat all over. She it, like joked she's gonna wipe it off. about how that's going to like make the change the art piece, and maybe she would make like another art piece where based around that. Yeah, it was cool. I I thought that was interesting.
1: She had so much like energy.
0: I know. I love that. Um, I hope she has that much energy at the I, end of the weekend. I it is a lot. It's going to be a long weekend for them. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, Oops. some other things that we really loved were um, I'm trying to... So there was a gallery called Gallery Chevalier, which I hope I haven't completely butchered. Um, and <laughs> they had these like beautiful weavings by Francois Parasat. Parasant? Is it not Francois? Oh my god, Paracet. it is. Yeah, can we just edit this bit out?
1: No, that's staying in.
0: <laughs> Francois.
1: What, what did you just say? <laughs> oh, my. I. <Hi. laughs>
0: oh, my God. I got a D in my French GCSE. It, well, it makes sense. Yeah, it's understandable, <laughs> isn't it? Um, So do you want to say that name again so that we can edit it out? I mean, we're going to keep that in. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Um.
1: <laughs> it totally makes sense why you got a D.
0: I know, I'm an absolute idiot. (laughs) Um, They did these really beautiful weavings out of, like, plastic. It has a fancy name. polyene. I feel like this is a really good opportunity to say that loads of pieces were described as being made from polymer clay, and polymer clay is basically just FIMO. Like, FIMO is polymer clay. So it's, like, all of these fancy-ass pieces that were, like... They was really beautiful, like some of them were really beautiful and intricate, but it just made me laugh that they made them and then just put them in, like, is polymer clay like the troll of the craft world? Yeah. I think that's just amazing, like.
1: Like, if you didn't know that's what female was, you have been know it was female.
0: Yeah. But I just love the idea that. It's been hoodwinked,
1: <laughs> it's, it's gotten in there gone into the expensive stuff.
0: I know and I love that. I mean it's pretty obvious it's
1: so much more like pliable and Mm -hmm. like you can make it so thin without it like breaking but like you can like you can do that with normal clay but I suppose there's much less like I think you can really build it up and it's like not lost.
0: But I think with normal clay there's a hell of a lot of less accessibility. Like with normal clay it's just like
1: dries out whereas well no Fimo does that too.
0: No but I mean like with normal clay you've got to go and get it fired more than once. through Fimo clay. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fimo clay oh, explodes in the like it wouldn't like you know how normal clay if you put something in the oven it has an air hole in it not in the oven in a kiln then it has an air hole in it it's gonna smash and probably smash everything else in the kiln but with Fimo clay that I mean polymer polymer clay the fancy term which is just hilarious because there was loads of pieces made out of polymer clay but anyway. Back to Back the one that you can't pronounce. The one, the one that got away. Um, yeah, this beautiful weavings um, out of plastic, which has a fancy name. polyene, Polyane, Polyane. Um, which was painted before it was woven. And then wo- like the pieces were obviously attached together to make a larger woven piece. And then the artist has gone on afterwards and added other detailing in acrylic paint which i thought was really beautiful and these pieces have like such an amazing you can tell that they have such a good grasp of like color theory yeah because the pieces are such beautiful colors
1: i also think the way that they were like one of the piece the second piece i think um it wasn't just plastic it was plastic paper um and then all kind of in Kate like this, the background in it was actually really nice wool um, and it's actually made up of, how many is it? One, two, three, it's actually made up of five pieces, Like so there's four kind of rectangles surrounding a square um, and I think with weaving you just you wouldn't expect those pieces, you would expect as soon as you've done those pieces singly they would just be exhibited singly and sold separately you know you wouldn't but this person is actually actually sewing them all together in a kind of four going around the outside with a square in the middle and there's something really I think the like my favorite bit in the bottom is just this kind of pink and yellow as they kind of joint over the pink and yellow colors switch over as they do in weaving just the way the
0: Mm, they fade into one another. They fade, yeah. I don't know
1: if I'm biased because pink and yellow are, like, my favourite colours, and I don't know if I'm, that like great an
0: art critic at all, but <laughs> as soon as I look at it, I'm like, yeah. That's... But it's like, I love the understanding of the different textures sitting alongside one another, the yeah. softness from the, the wool sitting next to the plastic coating. Um, yeah, and the paint, like, you look at
1: it from far away and you can't see any differences in material. But you go close up and you can see that... There's like a sheen to the color. Mm-hmm. The wool is kind of is duller, but not duller in a in a negative way. Like kind of mutes it and kind of like a kind of comfort blanket.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you know, comfort blankets. It's is dull. <laughs> it's there, but it's like it's there for a good reason. You know, it almost gives off that vibe.
0: Yeah, and I just love the way the pieces have been attached. I think that's just so innovative and interesting. Like a lot of text art, like, woven textile pieces are just joined on their straight edge, continuing along, whereas this has been joined in a way more, like, fun... It looks like more like a collage of ideas and moments that have come together for this one piece.
1: Yeah, and it's so weird because it's, like, it's cut up, but then you almost feel like it was all there, all together in the first place. Mm. Like, it somehow is joined and not joined. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a weird kind of, like...
0: They lead on to one another, they don't they? They on lead to
1: one another so well that you're almost like, How were they how were they joined and yet they are? Mm. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Wires. I'd love to know if one like uh, enforced the other, like the ideas from one yeah. influence the other, then influence the other, then and so on.
1: Or whether there was like a there was a plan before mm. it even all happened about how each single piece was gonna work together. Yeah. Or whether it just was all
0: Oh oops. <laughs> <laughs> they're like on the floor of the studio and they're just all slaying next to each other. And they're like, oh oops
1: uh, happens to look fantastic all day. <laughs> Better just sew that all up.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to I think um we should probably also talk about how our favourite our favourite stand, um, or our favourite area of the of Collect, which was the Craft Scotland.
1: Yeah. It was yum. <laughs> I think there's, um, I think every time I've, so I've seen Craft Scotland in like various different, like, big show, showcases, exhibitions. I, I saw them at London Design Festival, seen them, you know, as Craft Scotland, like in Edinburgh, um, and again, like at this, um, at Collect, it just, there's something so well thought through in their, cura- your, in their curation. Um, I actually said to Ruby at the time, it kind of, the way they've used these black um, display cases, so like they've got these very thin metal um, like boxes that kind of, they've got them at different heights, different shapes, and kind of all central. It kind of reminds me of Cause. I think, yeah, Cause. It's got these kind of black um, rails that kind of go through the entire shop at different heights. That kind of creates a it's both there and not there feeling. It's like it's there as a display that's that's really well done, but you just don't notice it while you're there. You just see the the way they've laid it out is um, thought through. And a lot of the jewellery is kind of, like, laid, like, onto these different, like, black um, metal stands, kind of on top of and over. And it feels very, like, almost like they're using it as a way to kind of suspend things without kind of going away from the space, um, which is super clever. It actually has pieces by... um, a friend of a friend, Ruth Leslie, that they're just these fantastic jewelry pieces. I am so something with jewelry i'm like I feel like I have literally no clue about jewelry at all, but like I can look at those and go, there's so much like planning and thought in that, and she's done these stunning um like editorials with them on people as well, and you can really see. How as a statement piece they work really well, but I think just as a whole, like show Craskolden. Just I think they just know exactly how to showcase everyone's work, both using the space. So that some people don't need as much space; they go like larger with some and smaller with others. But they I don't they don't really use plinths in the normal way. They just they have these kind of tables that have those black metal protrusions that somehow just take you there
0: yeah they were really beautiful everything just seemed really like carefully considered and i felt like yeah it didn't it wasn't too it took you on a really nice journey throughout that the space in not a too like shouty shoppy vibe yeah do you know what i mean bye bye bye
1: because
0: <laughs> i was saying uh i love to overhear people's conversations and on the stairs on the way out i overheard a couple saying how they hadn't bought anything nice for their house in a couple of years and they were excited about coming to collect to like buy some pieces (laughs) and it was just literally like rich people are so wild aren't they like
1: this is like a is this like a car boot sale
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was just like oh my goodness collect
1: is a car boot sale for rich people
0: yeah Pretty much. End quote. <laughs> and I love a carpet sale. And carpet sales are great. So. Yeah. I mean, for them,
1: it must be literally like,
0: you know, Christmas Eve. Maybe it's like the definitive thing, because like I think that rich people don't have taste a lot of the time. They've just got so much money, they just don't understand what's actually good. Because <laughs> they think that like expensive things, which are pitched at rich people, perhaps, not all the time, obviously, because this is obviously crafted. So I think there's a lot more. A lot more of a line between like material, skill, cost. But maybe in like the rich person's guidebook, that's like the best way to seem cultured is to go to something like this and buy things.
1: Yeah, it's actually it reminds me of my um favorite quote, which I'm just going to look up in a, like right in a second. Um,
0: um, so you can continue. I, <laughs> find
1: this. I really want to find it.
0: And yeah, we also, I love the um. Petronella Silver area, I thought it was really beautiful as well. There were some amazing weavings. Um, by I cannot remember her name. Which I'm gonna also look up to make sure.
1: Um, find my, my Yeah name. go.
0: <laughs> so
1: this is um this is actually from a YouTube series, The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Caleb Gallo? I've never oh, no. said the word the, I've never said the name Cal- Caleb outside. I've just realised it's Caleb not Caleb <laughs> I, Cal- um, I um, thought you were going to be like and it's, YouTube it's series by a, a character called Freckle who's probably the best not like the best fictional character on this earth Whoa. sometimes things that are expensive are worse
0: yeah wow great quote great I quote. completely agree
1: I mean, obviously, there is a lot of it, stuff at Collect, I think is great, but it, it does bring it to the, the point back around to rich people not knowing what to buy because they have so much money. Yeah. They kind of just go where they're told in terms of taste. Mm. Doesn't always mean the quality's there.
0: Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of stuff that was a bit... Also interesting, I think we should also talk about very briefly like the idea that there was some stands that um, discussed textiles art, but called it fiber art. Oh yeah, um, which stand? It which was we actually... found really bizarre. I don't know fiber art. We we agreed that fiber art art has a worse rep than um, textile art. Somehow, the word fiber is actually kind of gross as well. Yeah. So it was literally. It was actually Galerie Chevalier, which is where the
1: Francois Parison, um stuff was. <laughs> Um, which Ruby can't pronounce. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. So throughout the entire like catalogue, anything that's relevant to like tapestry, weaving, um, the small bit of knit, it's all called textiles in like the subcategories. So the obviously the other subcategories are like they're you know, you've got glass, you've got ceramics, silver, iron, they've gone with like the material or like a broader term for it like ceramics instead of going like porcelain or stone or something. Yeah, so in this for for gallery chevalier they've um Yeah, they've called them all fibre art instead of textiles. I thought that was obviously it's clear that they the gallery specializes in it. So maybe that's why they they wanted to say specifically fibre art is Cause it's what they specialize in
0: because
1: mm-hmm. like maybe textiles is too broad for them yeah maybe they're used to like they wouldn't just call that textiles yeah maybe because like to them that's literally what their gallery is all about it's like textiles with a focus on tapestry like antique tapestries modern tapestries and then fiber art
0: but i also don't i want to also find out whether it's like a more of a european thing perhaps yeah. That's I don't know true, if actually. like that specific area of um, maybe in Paris art. is more of like a fibre art maybe fibre art in French sounds really good. Maybe. They had some weird work though. The one they chose for their collect book is a bit of a fibrous emoji. That's what I see anyway, I don't know what you see. Yeah, it kinda makes me uncomfortable.
1: in an interest like so fluffy I'm like I feel like the fluffs close to my skin even though like 2D and on a page.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. fibre art.
0: Yeah, hmm. weird.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd ever describe myself as fibre art. Because I think... you've. Uh, maybe that's because fibre art still has really weird, low connotations. Like, textiles maybe still sound... Like, even textiles maybe seems higher than the term fibre art.
0: Yeah, that's true. When I think of fibre art, I think of... um. Like, what is it called when you get, like, pieces of wool top and you, like... I can't think what it's called, felting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, when, as soon as you say fibre, it's like, ooh, fibre art class in the summer.
0: Yeah. Of... Oh, I remember doing a fibre
1: art class in the summer of 2005. Felting. <laughs> felting a pom-pom necklace.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it at all, but I just think it has... Obviously has bad rep.
1: Yeah, it's obviously needs to claw it back like ceramics has.
0: <sighs> there was there was in so the last many
1: ten years.
0: It's weird, even still, like there was such an imbalance of textile art and ceramic art I collect. It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, so we um we talked to someone that I knew from Craft Scotland, Veronique, um, and she was like, "Oh no, we haven't got any textiles. I'm so sorry." I was like, "It's all right. <laughs> Your stand still looks." Absolutely Stunning. fantastic. Stunning. But yeah. Maybe textiles, textiles art is harder to... Maybe it's just harder to come by at the moment. I don't know. Or maybe it's just... I think Collect is a very specific... Like, there's obviously, like, maybe at that point there just wasn't a textile artist that um. made stuff that was, like, going to focus and hone in on... The, the, the clientele that was going to be at collect yeah because there's a very certain like I think unless you've got like a gallery that just like sells almost like like a lot of what we were seeing was you know tapestry and weavings that either would be wall hangings or there was obviously ones that would be almost acceptable to be a rug I mean you probably wouldn't want it to be a rug because yes. it was going to get dirty but I mean you get a lot of these art, artisanal rugs now
0: true Yeah, there's something about textiles that makes it slightly less consumable. I don't know why. I think weaving has bridged that gap, but I don't think knitting has. It's too ingrained within wearable clothing to be like a piece that would hang on the wall. Because even
1: with um, weaving, we had... um...
0: Susie Friedman. No? That's knitting, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you said, knitting.
1: Did I not say weaving?
0: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Um...
1: I was gonna talk about um Annie Alber's Oh Oh yeah. Ismani Samanidu. um Semanidu. Do. Zaman- I, I feel bad. I don't know which part of that name to focus in on, which is the um focal point
0: of uh the surname. But did you take a photo? I think she was a um she basically
1: worked. Did she work with Annie Albers? And then she also like fixed three of her looms as well. But it was really nice again seeing, obviously clearly, like influenced and inspired by Annie Albers' work. Like after having seen it, they um, take modern. It was nice seeing it like in that space as well because they kind of obviously, I mean, they obviously know how to hang it well because yeah they obviously sold our workloads it was nice seeing the different forms of hanging that mm-hmm. like that was in a frame it was hanging up and it was like you know spaced around in the area that they had um and and also it also reminded me the way the the really good way they'd done they'd done that in the annie Albers exhibition
0: yeah i totally agree and we also loved the nicola Tassi. um Stoneware pieces, which were also in the Petronella Silver um, space, they were just like beautifully hung. Their shadows were amazing. Will to pop a photo of them on the on the blog? Um, they were basically they were described as well. The names of them were doodles, and I think that's just such a beautiful, mm, yeah, beautifully put together piece.
1: And then the other one's like um, cumulus, I think, based yeah. on like clouds. Um, yeah, and kind of like they were just they were tubular. And they kind of came towards you. hmm But they were so kind of Yeah. Very nice colour choices. The yeah. colour work in those were great.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Cool. I
1: don't know, I feel like I've kind of I think I talked about it once but I particularly liked. I don't know. Did we manage I think we kind of went through everything.
0: Yeah, I think so. And if we didn't mention it, we hated it. So that's that. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was a lot of like average stuff, so. Yeah,
1: and there's a lot of stuff I don't feel qualified to even talk about. That is
0: true. I think. I not feel, you. I,
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel bad being like almost like walking past a lot of. Like, obviously, when we went past a lot, of, there was so much ceramics, and you can look at them and go, yes, that's fantastic, but I'm not qualified enough to be able to understand the, um, the technical like skills behind them um and being able to like really judge them um like critically so yeah so i think obviously we were invited to to just go around to everything but obviously we focused in on the textiles that's, yeah that's what we know and love um so yeah cool thank you so much for listening um i kind of I'm kind of glad we managed to do a second episode within like two months of the last one. Yeah, I me call too. that I call that a success. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully it won't be two months till the next one. Hopefully, maybe a bit sooner. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed listening to our little short review of Collect 2019. Um, and we'll see you all again very soon. Bye bye.